Welcome to Season 2 of the 52 Weeks Podcast. A series where four people come together to dream big, start small, and act daily. Hey guys, this is Meredith. This year, I want to kill it at learning the guitar and make yummy recipes. Why, hello! Steph here in 2021 is going to be my year to run faster, eat all the veggies, and read more than ever before. I'm Heidi, a new addition this season, and I'm excited to be here. This year, I'm slowing down, showing more gratitude, and embracing the whole spectrum of real life. I'm the base of the podcast, Josh. This year, I want to have a failure each day and achieve my goals for my company, JP Couture. Make sure to subscribe so you don't have FOMO. Welcome to week 42 of the 52 Weeks Podcast. Holy cow, that's 10 weeks left. That means 12 weeks. Sorry, you. I don't know if this is part of your intro. You go. You just take it away, Meredith. <laughs> Christmas is in 12 weeks, guys. It is. I counted officially this Were morning. you going to say all that? No, no. I mean, it makes sense. 52 minus 42, yeah. 10. It's shocking. Yeah. We're a little ahead of the rest of the world, so 12 until yeah. Christmas. Um, this week did finish up the official like quarter of the year. Uh, so we have. So we're into the fourth quarter which is just wild. Crazy. And then we like look at my goals and be like, okay, how are we gonna buckle down? Three months. <laughs> Three months, that's all we got. 10 weeks. Yeah. So besides panic, how are the rest of you? <laughs> I mean, we just freaked out, what's up? <laughs> Wait, why did you guys freak out? That there's 10 weeks till Christmas. 12 oh. weeks till Christmas. <laughs> I came in like at the end of their conversation before we started recording, so I'm like, wait, what did I miss? Oh, oh no. no. A lot. <laughs> nope, just that there's 10 weeks left of the year. That's exciting. Well, of our year. And, 12 and weeks. I thought the weather has been so nice. I've been out a ton, like running and hiking this week or walking, and it's just been really nice. It has been really nice. Mm-hmm. We got at least a week of fall. I hope it continues. It's beautiful weather. It's just that perfect, cooler, and still warm enough, but windows open at night, Mm -hmm. quality Mm -hmm. sleep. Yes. (laughs) Yes, love the sleep. Well, today we have a guest um, interviewee coming in, and so we're going to go around and um, talk about our goals for last week and how we did. And then if we have time before she gets here, we'll um, set up our goals for next week. So, Josh, how did last week go? Last week was great. Just looking, I always lose where that weekly percentage thing is on my little tracker here. Um, Pretty good. My overall um, jumped up a percent. Okay, so, way to be. However, last week went. It was a bit good. Good. The overall jumped up. Um, worked out. Uh, hit that. And then also, I think it was just overall a productive week. Um, and then I looked into, like, I have a brokerage um, account with E-Trade, and I was looking at Vanguard. They don't have it available. So that's as far as I got with looking into Vanguard. From um, last week's episode with Tiffany? Yeah, exactly. So I'll uh, continue on that. And then I got great news. Like, I'm going to be an uncle. Hey. Oh, oh surprise. So 
That was I thought exciting. she hadn't got married yet. Just kidding. I have another sister. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm sorry. So inappropriate. I was like, married. I don't know his family at all, just so everyone knows that very clearly. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so um, just overall a great work week. Awesome. I love that you followed up on Tiffany's, what we learned last mm-hmm. week, because I thought about it. <laughs> that is a great step. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't got gotten anywhere yet, but cool. Steph. You know, this last week, it's like I had two perfect days and one day that was like 90%, and then four days of, as you can see, just like did a few <laughs> of the things, but not. And it's crazy how doing that only gives me 47%. And so I think it's just learning. I went and took off a bunch of stuff that I'm like, because I was tracking, like, probably 17 things. Yeah. And I went and took off, and I was like, okay, like, what's our top 10? Because yep. those other ones weren't as needed. So, I feel like when mine goes off the main screen, I forget about what's below. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I mean, not that it's hard to scroll, but I was just thinking the same thing about how I kind of want only a couple at a time that I can see in one look mm-hmm. and see how I'm doing. But I see on yours that you have a couple perfect weeks. And well, that's the crazy thing. I have one, two, three, four, five, six perfect, like all the way throughout, and then two perfect days, but it's still 47%. And so it's just a reminder of the daily consistent. But if I wasn't tracking it and you guys asked me all week, I would be like, oh, I killed it because Saturday, Sunday killed it, right? And uh-huh. so I think that having this honest tracking really is great. Yeah. But my fruits and veggies, guys, like I have been killing it these past two days, getting five veggies and three fruits, and I good. feel so good. That's great. Yeah. Remember when I when I taught high school, we had Wednesday was a short day, and so the kids like never wanted to work on Wednesday. You know, oh, but it, the class is only an hour long instead of an hour and a half, and we don't have that much time, and so we should watch a movie or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And of course, they never wanted to work on Monday either. It's Monday, miss. Like, we're so tired. Why do you always make us work on this mm-hmm. day, right? They never also wanted to work on Friday, but it's like <laughs> Friday, and it's game day, mm-hmm. and you know, like, mm-hmm. we have this weekend coming up, and I was like, guys, if you do the math, three out of five days a week or three out of seven days a week, like if you want to be unproductive three out of seven days of the week, and then you like multiply that across your life, you're you're being productive like barely, you're one third, one, you know, of your yeah. life. And they were like, oh, right. So it's just interesting how those little things add up. Mm-hmm. Like if I don't want to work on Monday, and I don't want to work on Wednesday, and I don't want to work on Friday. What's left? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, and they're not working on Friday and Saturday or Saturday and Sunday. So you want to you want to put all of your education in two days. So two out of like seven days, you're gonna do something with your life. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, miss. Why are you always gonna put it like that? <laughs> you know, but like, but I think sometimes for ourselves too, thinking like, oh, I did so well, and then like doing the math. So great that the app kind of does it for you to be like, mm-hmm. oh, JK, JK. <laughs> well, and if you miss a day, it's really hard to go back. I, I missed a couple of days. I Before I went to bed, I didn't check mine. So I don't have an accurate reading of this week. But it's like, wait, did I go to bed at 11 o'clock? Uh, that one's easy to remember. But 
if you don't mark it when you do it, it you all don't blurs mark together. It. Yeah. I had that the other day with affirmations. I'm like, I think I did my affirmations, but I don't remember. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. And there, and you can't go back and mm-hmm. fix it. That is the, it is good accountability because it really doesn't allow you. I mean, you can go back and swipe on it, but you miss the opportunity too. So yeah, I mean to go into that. I didn't mean to take over your stuff. No, you're staff. good. I'm, I'm passing the buck to you. So mine doesn't look good at all. Actually, I did okay. Um, I mean, mine is 34%, but yeah, again, I didn't, there's a couple of days that I didn't go on and mark because either I went to bed tired or whatever, so I don't really have an accurate reading of last week, so that alone is a failure. Mm-hmm. I was going to say part of the habit then is is marking the thing, which yeah. I think is so true, right? Because uh-huh. I, I even have ones that are like daily checkoffs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But if I don't do it, like you said, by by Sunday when I'm writing about the week, I have no idea. No idea. Did I exercise this week? I cannot recall. <laughs> you yep, know? Did I, did, I, did I eat good food? I assume so. I don't know. You well, know? and that all ties into how fast the year has gone, right? We have 10, 12 weeks till Christmas. It's crazy to think about there's no way you could think back unless we had this podcast. I feel like I know exactly what I did this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So 12 weeks to Christmas. You keep on saying that. And I'm going to text all my family and be like, I need lists right now. What do you want for Christmas? Crazy, huh? <laughs> no, it is I'm so crazy. To panic. Not panic. Yeah. <laughs> it usually takes them about four or five weeks to get it to me in the first place. So maybe I should start right well, now. And I saw something. <laughs> About manufacturing, everything's behind on manufacturing. Oh. So really get your Christmas shopping done. Because we're going to run out. Yeah, there's a lot of things. This is that, our message for the podcast yeah. today. <laughs> get out there and go shopping now. Well, you see how many boats are waiting in the harbor to be unloaded? Uh, because nobody's there to unload them. Mm-hmm. There's like 24. Wow. Wait, what what harbor? Out? Yeah. In LA. Any, oh. any harbor, actually. Well, China's backed up. And then oh, I thought I was thinking ski boats. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's where that I was like way where? off. I was thinking like pal ski boats. Like, Steph is looking really tan Steph right now. And so <laughs> no, like it's cargo ships. Cargo yeah. ships. Yeah, okay. ships. Yeah. Yeah. Supplies. And yeah. no one's there because they want to be on their stimulus checks. Uh, it's COVID regulations. Um, it's oh, they can't. They can't be there. Like so yeah. many people. Yeah, Got it. But also, I mean, not even in California, but you have, you have restaurants who are, can't you? They'll Understand. they'll say, closed on Mondays because they don't have staff to yeah. cover it and all that stuff. So, get ready for Christmas. Man. Okay. Okay. Everybody panic. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> Quick moment of panic, and then we, <laughs> That's so funny, we move on. I thought I'm like. And you get gifts. And I was thinking about that today. I'm like, oh, that's so soon, though. It's but not. No. Thinking, I'm like, get her I'm done. Like, just yep. get it done. Okay. Mm-hmm. Put it on my done. list. Um, my week was good. I just had um, goals to write my journal and write gratitude and like think more about whole self and work on my scrapbook and work on dates for girls. And I did all of those things. So nice. it was good. Go Heidi. Yeah. Yay. So, um, looking at next week, Josh, what are you going to work on? So, uh, next week is I'll be starting to think about Christmas gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Get Christmas shopping. I'm going to put a little note here. Um, and then 
I want to continue. I just looked it up. I was actually able to find it. So I was 82% last week. Whoa. Whoa. You are doing great. You're showing us all up. Yeah. So I want to hit 90. Whoa. Whoa. Do it. And I added two more. Wait, so what's your total now? Uh, Total? I mean, what's your, like, a number of goals or habits that you're forming? Six, eight, nine, ten. 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 Okay. Now. Solid. So you're adding two more and you still want to hit 90. 90. Yeah. Um, and I want, the fall is coming. I love mountain biking in this weather. I want to go biking two times this week and hiking once. I did get a hike in last week. Oh, did you? I Where? did. I went to Bell's. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it? Isn't it gorgeous? Everything's it gorgeous. gorgeous. I went up to so Silver Lake. Maybe I was just and out. just it, yeah. Every all the cars were pulling off the road just to like it's look at the mountains. Yeah. No, no moose. There weren't any moose. I didn't see any. But just to look at the mountains and the trees and the sun. It was in the evening, so the sun was shining on the trees and lighting yeah. them up. And oh. oh. A couple of weeks ago, we went biking. I went around a corner and saw a big bull moose. Oh, scary! It's, I scared as much as I he scared me. Yeah. yeah. And then I stopped because there's a girl behind me. I'm like, uh, I should warn her. And then it charged me. Oh, <laughs> that is scary. So I dropped my bike and ran up by the trees. Wow. Yeah. That's exciting. It was. Um. But you're here with us now, so you survived. Yeah, exactly. No, this is my spirit. <laughs> um, there's so much I could say to that. <laughs> the church is true. What has happened? Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> Me? I don't know. Josh is done apparently. <laughs> Go for his stuff. What do you want to do next week? <laughs> um, so my goal, like my goal overall for these, I actually counted. I still have twelve habits but i think i had closer to 20 before oh um so i want to get to 70 percent. last week i was at 47 that is a stretch but i do not want to set myself up for a d i would rather go for a c so <laughs> um so i want to do that and um i have only three more hikes left because i did two this week cool um so i want to get i have one scheduled already um, but I, I'll just say one hike to make sure, um, since that's the only one scheduled and, um, that, it, oh, and then finish the book. But, oh, which one are you on now? Um, I just started it and I forgot the name. <laughs> <laughs> Have you liked I hope all it's your good. books so far? They're different than what I would normally be reading, but yeah, they're good. So, yeah. Cool. My favorite thing is to take a bath, light a yes. candle. Have my little bath thing over and read. I haven't so been able jealous. to fit in a bathtub for a long time. <laughs> you gotta get a bigger bath. I'm so, I'm so jealous. My, uh, so, do you both have big bathtubs? Because I'm gonna be calling. I don't have a big bathtub, but my roommate has a big bathtub. But I went. Um, so every conference weekend, I break something in our house. I I don't know why. This week, this one, it was the shower faucet. I just like turned it and something on the inside, like the plastic mm. broke. And so no matter where I turned it, the water went to none. So I went, so my roommate was like, well, you can shower in my bathroom. So I went in and I saw her tub and I was like, oh, I need one of those. It's my favorite <laughs> <Right>? thing, hands down. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't have one. Mine's just pretty normal, pretty standard. (laughs) Good stuff. I love you're enjoying that tub time. Yeah, I loved it. So cool. Meredith. So I'm not going, I'm going to set one goal and that's to go on a hike. But I'm on vacation from Wednesday on. And I know that hiking is part of that plan. So hiking on vacation. Hollywood sign. No, probably not. <laughs> I don't know, actually. Linda's planning it, so I don't know if that's... No, I think it'll be in Palm Springs, actually, where we where we hike. Oh, cool. Uh, but, I, I mean, I can watch a few things that I've been focusing on, like when I eat and how much I eat. So those things I can still work on, but also... I'm going to Disneyland, so I'm not watching what I eat at Disneyland. So are you going to put your habit tracker on vacation mode? Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Save that percentage. Get yeah. 100% in today and tomorrow. Yes. I could do that, actually. Okay. When are you coming back? I'm coming back Sunday. Okay. So we won't miss you next week. No. I'll okay. be here. Uh, yeah. I have a guest next week. So. Oh. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, perfect. My goals are the same as last week. So writing in my journal, making sure I'm um, recording my gratitude, focusing on accepting my whole self and working on that um i'm gonna work on my scrapbook for two hours and days for girls for two hours and that's what's gonna happen i think i'm also because it's officially the quarter before christmas (laughs) you know um i need to look at what exactly i need to get done in the next quarter by the end of the year and maybe um map that out just so that i'm realistic with how much i should be getting done each week yeah um so it doesn't surprise me i mean it's already surprising me <laughs> yeah 12 weeks is not long um uh, have you gotten your new planner in the mail no i have not i was i just saw meredith and i are gonna be planner twins <laughs> and she already has hers and i don't have mine wait are you going to design a new one or no i bought one already (laughs) (laughs) i ditched my planner it was too much for me so it's learning yeah it's learning for sure yeah and really i learned the skill which to me is priceless i've used it a couple times for work so it was very well worth it yeah and and i'm loving anyway so i haven't gotten it yet but i feel like it should be here sometime soon so i can get in that habit of using it before the end of the quarter yeah i like it yeah all right so we are going to call our guest speaker um her name is jessica smith i grew up with her she lived around the corner from me in our neighborhood and she um has written a few books and so we're going to um call her up Hi. Hi. So this is Heidi, obviously from my phone. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I'm going to work. Um, we've already done like the beginning, the intro, and everything. Um, okay. We've gone over our goals. I'm going to read your bio, and then I'll introduce you to the other people that are here um, with okay. me, so you you know who you're talking to, and then we'll just ask you some questions and um, talk about whatever whatever we get around to talking about of your goals and your books and your experiences do you want to say hi hi this is meredith meredith mcbride she was in your ward i do know meredith yes 
yeah so she was like i knew her <laughs> it's like she joined the family oh, ward. oh that makes me happy <laughs> <laughs> all right so um i introduced our listener as um or our interviewee as jessica smith but she also goes by paula jean ferry so this week we have a visit for a visit from her paula has always been in love with books even before she learned to read once she learned how there how there was no turning back she read so much growing up that she was once grounded from books for an entire summer during middle school <laughs> that would be so rough for me <laughs> she has dreamed of being a writer for as long as she can remember she she grew up in Logandale, Nevada, leaving her hometown to attend Bill Snow College and Brigham Young University, Hawaii, to obtain a degree in international cultural studies with an emphasis in communication. In her senior year of high school, Paula started making noises. At 24, she was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome. This has given her a unique perspective that she wanted to share with the world. She currently resides in southern Utah with her family and two cats. In addition to reading and writing, Paula loves singing and dancing in almost any genre. She loves being in and watching theater productions, especially any musical performances. She is usually up for almost any activity as long as it involves people. She enjoys all things island related and would love to travel the world. So that's our intro to Jessica slash Paula. Um, So Jessica, why don't you get us started off on um, your pen name? Tell us a little bit about that, where that came from. So it is actually what I call my Tourette syndrome. They have a lot of personality um, and would do these funny things that I didn't do, but were pretty consistent with like having a personality. So it just kind of came up hey, you should, like, name them, like, Paula or something. And I said, okay. Um, So when I went to write a book, Jessica Smith wasn't searchable online, and I figured, well, I've already got an alter ego, so I'll use Paula's name. Um, And then I gave her, you know, a middle and a last name to make sure that it was something that was searchable and visible online. That's awesome. I love... I love in your bio how you say she's usually up for almost any activity as long as it involves people. Because that sounds like um, Steph, who is with us here today, she loves all things people um, and hanging out with her. So she's one of our other hostesses. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Josh Camp is here as well. And he's our other host. So that's who you will be talking with today. Hi, Paula. (laughs) Jessica. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) This is great. So... um, Jess, how did you, I mean, you said that you always wanted to write a book. So how did that go from, this is something I've always wanted to do, to this is what I want to write about, to this is how I'm going to do it? Um, I love that you phrased the question that way, because there are like very distinct portions of of this process and how it came about. Uh, It started with my senior year of college. Senior year of high school is when I started making noises. Senior year of college is when I was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome. Uh, So since I had missed the deadline for an internship, I decided to do an in-depth research paper on Tourette syndrome since I was naturally curious, having been recently diagnosed, and communication, which was my major. Uh, When I presented this paper to my professors, they said, this is great. There's really nothing like this in the field. You need to get this published. And so I said, cool, yeah, one day I'll just expand it into a book. And I said, one day for several years (laughs) until um, it was actually a really bad 
breakup, um, this particular guy that I was dating, I ended up working like three jobs while dating him, really bad situation. And when I stopped dating him and was able to drop some of these jobs to stop financially supporting both of us, um, I realized I had so much time on my hands and I, you know, after a breakup, you get all of this energy of, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to do things so different because I don't want to go through that again. And so I said, I'm tired of one day. I suddenly have all of this time. I'm just going to do it now. So I worked on writing first to expand it into a book. Um, did a little bit of research. I bought an online course that kind of helped walk me through Amazon and how to launch a book. Um, and it took about another year to figure out that process. Once I said I was going to write a book and, and to actually publish, even though it was mostly written, but, um, yeah, the, the instigator was really that really bad breakup and it was already half written. So I said, I'm doing it. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I think, well, I know we have had multiple people on here who have said that the breakup was what was what um, got them going Woke in one up. direction, right? Woke them up, uh-huh. gave them energy, like lit the fire, yeah. wanted a change of life or a change of direction or a, let's never do that again or a, <laughs> I'll show you or, or whatever the case may be, but beware out there when you break up with us you create (laughs) (laughs) world conquering women yeah (laughs) if you were intimidated before just wait till you break up with us (laughs) have have you ever had a breakup right because that's when we start to change the world (laughs) yeah Yeah. well actually oh josh agrees josh does agree (laughs) he he says Um, it happens with guys too (laughs) so what was that first book called what did you name that book i called it awkwardly strong Okay, so, I feel, I've read that book. I found it very entertaining, actually. Oh, I'm so Not glad. actually as in, like, I'm surprised, <laughs> but... Yeah. And I... Actually, when I read it, I did not know. I had heard that someone in the ward had written that book. I don't remember why, but I read it, and then I realized you were the author, and it just made it that much more charming to me. Like, I already <laughs> liked the book a lot, and then I knew the author, so it's pretty cool. Amazon. That's fun. Why did you name it Awkwardly Strong? (laughs) So, initially the paper was on Tourette Syndrome and how it affects communication. Not exactly a sellable title. I wanted something that was going to catch people's attention. And what I had found in this research with Tourette Syndrome was that it obviously creates a lot of awkward moments. I... Um, and Meredith would know, I, I scream sometimes in the middle of church. I've been known to bark in business meetings. I all sorts of crazy noises come out of my mouth and I can't stop them, which is entertaining when you have the right attitude, but it can create a lot of confusion and awkward moments where people just don't know how to respond, (laughs) which is actually all an awkward moment is. Um, We have so many unspoken rules that create the culture that we live in. We we know these rules. We don't necessarily know why or, or we couldn't vocalize them. There are a few that they're so well known that they eventually become jokes and comedy skits. Things like asking a woman her age or her weight. Like we know not to do that. That's an unspoken rule. But because we all know it, it becomes a joke. Um, but before it gets to that point, it's just unspoken. And we, we've watched other people and know that that's not appropriate. Um, 
but then when it happens, when these awkward moments happen where something unexpected happens, because we don't know what the rule is, we feel awkward. We don't know how we're supposed to respond. And because we're adults and think that we have to know everything, we don't want to look like an idiot, the only person that doesn't really know what's going on so that we don't feel like an idiot. So we, we, we watch to see, okay, who knows the rule? What am I supposed to do? How do I respond? Um, but with Tourette's, nobody knows. Uh, it's amazing how often I still have to really even explain what Tourette syndrome is and, and how it works, um, much less what to do. But, but what I'd found in this paper is, ooh, these awkward moments, now that I understand what they are, this is a tool that I can utilize. It was so empowering to recognize that I'm the one that gets to create that rule about this is what you do. This is how you handle it when I make these awkward noises. Um, so empowering to me. And, and being able to use that as a tool and as a strength is, is where that title came from. That's awesome. I mean, I love the strong part of it to say like, while some may see this as a disability or a disadvantage or awkward, you've been able to find ways to make it your make it your strength and make it a power. Mm-hmm. Well, I find that so interesting to think about human nature and how avoidant we are of being the awkward one or the like the way you just explain that in just normal situations of like looking around, seeing what other people are doing. And how we try so hard to not not fit in or be the odd man out and not get the joke kind of thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and how much that, why not embrace those moments too, you know? Yeah. I mean, joke's on them because I already am the odd man out. So I kind of get to do whatever I want. And I've started taking this like bull in a china shop approach they just kind of do what i want because i know that these are these rules being unspoken the other concept about them that was so empowering is recognizing that they're man-made and they are meant to serve us and to enhance our communication if it's not serving us and if it's not helping our ability to communicate there's really not a need for it and so i just kind of do my own thing and i'll follow the rules when they serve a purpose but if they don't there's no reason to really follow them. That's so interesting. I mean, the idea of that we create them to serve us. And so thinking about all of those rules, like, you know, don't ask a woman her age, that's not going to serve you very well, because she doesn't, you know, it's not going to put you on her good side. So don't ask it. And so now it's a rule. And so, you know, trying to think (laughs) about the other rules of communication that we have and how they serve us. Yeah, and it's hard to really pin them down sometimes because it's just stuff that we've watched and observed for so long. And not only that, but it can vary so much. I mean, living in the state of Utah versus living in the state of Nevada can be very different. Even I I grew up down the street from Heidi. Um, Her family's culture is very different from my family's culture. There are things that we don't do in my family that Heidi's family does and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, and ways that you communicate or don't communicate that Uh everybody does or doesn't, right? Based on the circumstances that they're in or the culture that that they are in. Right. So you have um, you have two other books. How did those come about? So after publishing my first one, I've never been an adrenaline junkie. I have to like start with that. 
I've never understood why people will go out and do these crazy things just for an adrenaline rush until I published a book and actually got that adrenaline rush. And I'm like, that's it. That's my life. I have to do this again. (laughs) (laughs) I I understand now the concept of an adrenaline junkie because I totally am. I get that every time I hit publish on on a book. Um, I actually published a book just last week. So I actually have four out now. Yeah. Um, So my second one, uh, I kind of just went, well, what else? could I even really write about um and I wanted to make it similar to the first one and kind of make it like a series Mm -hmm. Uh, so I started to think about all of the hard things that I had experienced in my life um I mean things like losing three out of four siblings things like being homeless things like being um emotionally abused from that really bad breakup um I started to recognize I've been through a lot and and it shocks people that. Um, I'm, I'm often called innocent and naive because I just still have this happy-go-lucky personality. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. This is fun. Um, but not everyone is able to to do that. So I started to recognize, like, okay, how do I take these hard things that I do and make it into a strength? How do, these, how do I heal from these so that I can appear innocent and naive to other people even though I, I have an idea of what's going on? <laughs> I have an idea of what goes on in the world. Um, I'm not just turning a blind eye. It's a concept of healing. And so I talk a little bit about healing and how this can actually be something that with time um, can be used as a benefit. And I did the same thing with my third book. I realized I am the world's biggest chicken and I'm scared of so many things. Um, I'm afraid of snakes. I'm afraid of heights. I was afraid of men for a very long time. Uh, There's some fears that I've overcome. There's still things that I'm afraid of. Um, Used to deal with a lot of anxiety. And so I started to study, well, what is fear? How can this become a tool that I use to my advantage rather than something that's holding me back? Um, So that became my third book, Fearfully Strong. And then my fourth one uh, that I released last week, having published these three books, I learned a lot in this process. Publishing a book is not easy. (laughs) Each one one got a little bit better. I learned a lot of things that I just did wrong. Um, And people started asking me questions like, how do I publish a book? How do I publish a book? Um, At this point, it's a little bit more widely known that Amazon is a publisher and and a way to self-publish. So I don't necessarily have to walk them through Amazon. Amazon's actually really good at telling you, okay, this is the steps you need to take and what you need to do. What I put in my book was, these are all the things that Amazon didn't tell me. That is about the publishing world in general, not just the steps that you take to walk through putting it on on Amazon. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Josh. Meredith, is that how you found out the book through Amazon? I found her first book on Amazon. That's cool. Mm-hmm. um so you talked about you know taking these weaknesses and making them strong or taking you know like turning turning things to become strengths so Mm -hmm. what advice would you give us how do we do that yeah um by recognizing what it is i mean i'm i'm someone who i probably should have sent this is my quote because this is i i live by a lot of different quotes i love the one i sent you but Mm -hmm. um another one is that everything happens for me not to me um i i just kind of got tired of blaming everyone and everything and and having everyone else kind of control feeling like i was so out of control which is a huge concept in my first book 
Um, I mean, I literally can't even control my body. I can't control what other people do to me. But that just takes away my power, my ability, and any sense of control that I have of my own life. Um, And so if I kind of stop for a minute and say, okay, where am I giving away my power? Because each of us is born a powerful being. I mean, that's humans are just powerful by nature. We have so much more capability than we really recognize, and we give a lot of that away. And so if we stop and look at, okay, where am I giving away my power? Who or what is taking that away from me? How do I get it back? Um, it, it does take some thought. It does take some kind of fleshing out. Um, I mean, kind of like with the the tragically strong, you have to heal first uh, before you can actually utilize that as a tool. You have to be able to recognize what and what is holding you back, um, and then trying to think outside of the box. Okay, how is this a good thing? Uh, there's a lot of the concept of gratitude with it, I think. And I think that's how I've started using all of this as a benefit is, hey, you know what? That was a really hard experience, but I'm so grateful. Tourette syndrome can be a terrible, hard thing to deal with, but I'm so grateful that I have Tourette syndrome. You know, I'm grateful for this awful relationship that I had because this breakup was able to completely change my life. Um, But recognizing that concept of gratitude in in how to how that can be a, a good thing because once we see its benefits it then becomes a tool that we utilize so do you have a process i mean you said you need to process you know where are we giving away our power and mm-hmm. is there a set process that you go through to identify those things and and turn them to strengths um, or is it unique for each weakness or experience I I think it's going to be unique for each person and I found what works for me what works for me is is writing I've been journaling since I was eight years old um and whenever I had a bad day uh I would just spend hours writing in my journal and kind of analyzing it from every angle I I think through my hands at this point I can turn my brain off and stuff comes out of my hand and when I go back and read it I actually learn a lot of things from my journaling experiences I'm a huge fan of journaling I highly recommend it to people Uh, but some people are writers and that's okay some people maybe it's better to talk with a therapist or a friend uh, because they need to talk it out Um, but what we have a tendency to do I I think this is what I'm seeing in society and as a whole uh, is that we bottle stuff up we we're we think we're not allowed to talk about these things we're not allowed to you know it's it's kind of back to that concept of who we are supposed to be and this picture that we're trying to live in um, and that we're trying to live within these rules and boundaries that culture has kind of set up but whatever kind of outlet or release some people that might be music some people that might be a visual a drawing artistic thing uh for me it's it's writing and i highly recommend trying it but if it doesn't work try something else do you i'm a writer as well um but i i don't know that i have like a very set 
approach to it. I just sit down and start writing. So are there questions that you ask yourself as you write or like a pathway that you take as you write for someone to think about, or we're going to write about this and I'm going to write about this. So are there like steps or questions or do you just sit down and let it flow? I usually just sit down and let it flow. Something that I have noticed, um, I've worked with a mentor named uh, Dr. Benjamin Hardy, um, who talks about uh, morning routines a lot in what he does. What she recommends is within the first five, ten minutes of waking up, sitting down with a journal and, and doing your journaling before you have anything else, before you pick up your phone, before, like, I will wake up, I'll come downstairs, I'll feed my cats, and then I'll sit in my chair and I'll whip out my journal before I even touch or acknowledge anything else. Because at that point in in time, your brain is still kind of fuzzy. Uh, Your brain waves are actually completely different. You're still half asleep, but it allows you to tap into your subconscious. And so the things that you write about are going to be the things that you're subconsciously are already there just waiting for an outlet. So Mm. it's not so much a process as it is a time for me, I can also sometimes get that right before bed. I actually do journal morning and night uh, with sporadic writing in between if something comes up and I just can't function and focus until I get this out of my system. Um, but lucky for me, that turns into the concept of writing books. <laughs> <laughs> so I have um, two questions for you, actually. So like you said that you'll write, because I've been trying to do one of my daily habits is write in my journal for five minutes. And sometimes that seems very long, right? Like, because I'm like, Mm -hmm. "Ah, I don't know what to talk about. So I want to try doing it right away. But you said that you'll go and read and learn stuff. So do you do that every time that you, like, write? Or is that just, like, a weekly thing that you go back and look at them? Um, I'll usually... It's hard to kind of explain. But what I'm essentially trying to do when I write in the mornings is I feel like I'm more just kind of dictating my thought and noticing the thoughts more than I'm actually thinking them, mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense. So I'm kind of reading what's just flowing out of my hand as I'm writing it, because it's more just paying attention to what my subconscious is already mulling over. Okay, that makes sense. And then the second thing I wanted to ask, so you talked about how like sometimes you'll be in a business meeting and you'll just like bark like a dog or you'll be at church mm-hmm. and you'll you can't control these things do you um do you like get it embarrassed at all anymore or how did you deal with that like is that an insensitive question for me to ask like yeah absolutely that's a great question okay like because yeah. <laughs> because I mean it's about I mean you talked about the awkwardness of embracing that but like Right. Also, like, if you feel anxious, does that trigger it more? Like, I'm just curious about, about more the stress about that. syndrome on the whole. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, so, I am a little bit different than a lot of statistics that come out of the Tourette syndrome community. Um, three out of four people with Tourette's are male, and I'm the one in four female. Um, mm. Statistically people with Tourette's will start making noises or, or start manifesting whether they're vocal or physical tics because there's also a physical aspect as well um, usually between the ages of four to six um, I started at 17 so there is a huge difference with how that was communicated because as a child kids start doing these things and they're told stop being so disruptive stop being such a bad kid because it just looks like a kid who's going to get in trouble and trying to like be a goof Mm -hmm. or something 
as a 17 year old I already had an established personality people knew that that's not something that I did I wasn't trying to cause a ruckus I was a pretty quiet kid um and the way that they started for me they actually just sounded like hiccups I thought I had hiccups for the first seven years until I was actually diagnosed at age 24. Um, So because I've been able to see that different, like for me, it's just a normal bodily function, like a hiccup or a cough or a sneeze and not something to be ashamed of. But again, that's something that's coming from outside sources, usually well-intentioned. I mean, a teacher just wants to maintain order in her classroom. She wants to have some semblance of order for a better learning environment you know we we want to have be able to teach kids what these rules are in society and how you're supposed to function in society Uh, they're well-meaning but as an authority figure that kind of sinks deep into a lot of people with Tourette syndrome of I'm a bad kid I'm a disruption I am a problem um which isn't true that's that's my biggest reason for a lot of the advocacy work that I do in the Tourette syndrome community is we're not a problem we're just different Um, but I've noticed that the more I was able to embrace this particular aspect, um, it's harder for me to get embarrassed. Uh, I I wasn't ever really embarrassed about them before, but now I just don't get embarrassed, period, because I understand that, oh, you just don't understand what I'm doing. Let me communicate that with you. And so I tend to over-communicate. I might over-explain a lot of things. But for me, it's better to over-communicate than under-communicate. If I'm in a situation where I can't explain what's going on, which might happen in church, um, there are often times where where the entire congregation is quiet and thoughtful and pensive um, and reflecting on different things, and and then I just scream. (laughs) And um, it actually just warms my heart. There, there have been several times where I can just hear whispers. She has Tourette's. She has Tourette's. Like for new people that don't know me, people that that's have cool. been there consistently know me and know that. Oh yeah, that's just Jessica. She's just gonna scream every once in a while. It's fine. <laughs> no, I had to. I actually had to do that once. I had a. I had a guest with me at church. And they were like, what is going on? <laughs> so she, she's got Tourette. And the weirdest thing, to tell you honestly, I mean, just from an outsider perspective, is you can't tell where it comes from. Right. It's not like you look at her and she's fainted on the ground. Yeah. You you hear it and everybody kind of looks around and they're like, who did it? Like, where is it? Because she's just sitting there. Because it's just Jessica being like it's the just, nice girl that she yeah. is. Yes. Like paying yes. attention. And, and so it, at first, you, you can't tell. You kind of look around and try to pinpoint it, but you can't. And um, yeah, so I had to. I had. He was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> She's got to it. I actually had one friend that he's like, "Yeah, the first like two three weeks that he'd heard me doing this in church, and he he would look around and nobody was reacting. Like it wasn't just me. No one sitting yeah. around him like leaned over to explain it to him. He just thought he was having auditory hallucinations." <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know, I think that this is so fascinating because I don't know why, but I've always been nervous to cough 
in church, like to have like a coughing attack. So if I'm ever like sick, this is pre-COVID, I would be terrified like through a whole meeting that I would cough. Now COVID, as you're talking about these norms that society creates, it's like, uh-huh. it's like we don't apologize for sneezing or, you know, like people say, God bless you. But now if coughing, it's like, who has the black plague? Why are you coughing? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing here? You're going to kill so, us all. That's so interesting. I feel like the way that you explained it, because I'm like, yeah, I don't get embarrassed when I sneeze or whatever. And so I loved how you were able to explain that and how, yeah, like that it's just become a part of you. So I do have a question too as well. If you're going into a professional meeting and you've never met these people before, do you usually explain, hey, if anything (laughs) random happens, this is what it is? Sometimes it's just kind of fun to watch what other people (laughs) 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 I'm so mean like that, but, but recognizing that I have that control, like I can just kind of watch and I kind of will read the room because there are some people who just don't react and so I'm like okay they probably know what Tourette syndrome is let's keep going whereas if I just see everyone with wide-eyed confusion looking around (laughs) trying to find the dog that snuck into the meeting I'll say okay pause for a second guys I have Tourette syndrome it's gonna happen again I am okay go (laughs) (laughs) and you're okay (laughs) is it always just a dog or a scream or is it just different sayings or it's very different um, even within me but if you've met one person with Tourette syndrome you've met one person with Tourette syndrome everyone is going to have different tics Uh, some of them overlap that overlap there's actually a coughing tick which is fairly common a lot of people with Tourette's cough. So when COVID hit, they started like carrying around cards. I don't have COVID. I have Tourette's. It's a tick. <laughs> just oh. hand them a card. Like I can't. Um, so I I have a form of Tourette's. There's there's forms within Tourette's. I have a form called echolalia where I repeat different sounds that I hear. So I've sounded like a time clock. I do a lot of animal noises. I have this loud high-pitched opera diva with some really great vibrato that i do once in a while Um, (laughs) go paula (laughs) (laughs) right i was so impressed i was a music major when that first started popping out so it kind of made sense and i'm like i wish i could do that like on command as a music major that would just be awesome but i i actually can't imitate a lot of my tics really Um, (laughs) it's the weirdest thing but I, I started doing this weird gasping tick where I'll gasp. Um, and then it got a little bit more complex. It kind of evolved after that, where as I am gasping, I'm also burping at the same time. So I'm pulling air in, but I'm also expelling it. It's the weirdest feeling. I don't even, like, I can't explain how my throat feels. And I could never do it on command, but it's just something that my body does. So we'll breathe in and, and burp at the same time. It's weird that is crazy so with dating like have you found that guys that just like laugh with it that think it's so entertaining like how you do it in a room where you're like reading it (laughs) those are always my favorite when they can learn to laugh and kind of play with it i had one guy that i was dating we were at a, a large lunch type function there was a lot of food um He said, hey, I'm going to take our plates, I'm going to go throw them away, and then we're going to go. I said, okay. So he goes to the other side of the room. I'm talking with a few friends, but time just kind of kept passing. And I'm like, where is he? What's going on? Like, 
Um, and then all of a sudden, I let out this loud scream, and you hear him from the other room, I'm coming, I'm coming! <laughs> <laughs> or one of my favorites, uh, I was at a birthday party. I knew the birthday girl, I knew one or two other people, but I didn't know a large majority of the people that were there. And at this birthday party, this cute guy walks in the door, and again, I just kind of scream because Paula, my Tourette's, <laughs> <laughs> and his response, like, I, his response was the best. He looks at me, and he's like, what, was that, like, your mating call or something? It's working. And I was like, hold the phone. <laughs> and then someone told him I had Tourette's, and he got all embarrassed and, like, avoided me the rest of the night. Oh. <laughs> You're like, no, I liked it. Right, like, Paula loved it. Paula loved it. <laughs> and that's the other thing, like, that's part of why she got a name. Paula is a huge flirt. Like, I don't, oh. I'm not much of a flirt. That's not something that I do, but I do have a winking tick, and I will wink at people on occasion. Um, she has cat called a complete stranger on a motorcycle before. <laughs> it tosses a whole new factor into the whole dating concept, but it's, but it's so much fun. Like, as long as, and that's, it's almost like a vetting process for me. If you're just going to be embarrassed, you're obviously not something that someone that I can spend time with or even consider dating or have a future with um so it's actually a really great vetting process for me like oh you can laugh about this yes this this was this is good i think that this has been such a fun interview like (laughs) i'm learning so much you know thank you i'm glad Any other uh, questions for Jess? So what's the quote she gave you? She gave me this quote. I will read it. Um, Everyone says love hurts, but that is not true. Loneliness hurts. Rejection hurts. Losing someone hurts. Envy hurts. Everyone gets these things confused with love. But in reality, love is the only thing in this world that covers up all the pain and makes someone feel wonderful again. Love is the only thing in this world that does not hurt. Amen, sister. Wow, I love that. It's like the most beautiful thing. And I was so surprised to hear that that was said by Liam Neeson, who tends to play these like, right, these hardcore roles. And and I'm just like, wow. Unless you've seen Love Actually. Oh, yeah. Well, it's true. yeah, and I think I mean because I looked it up a little bit. I looked up the quote. She sent the, the quote to me last night, and so I looked it up, and and so the quote's actually from like a you know, psychologist from years ago, but then Liam found it and posted it, right? But I mean, if you know his story, like his wife died years ago, he's never remarried. Um, He just really, really loves his wife. And so I love that, that he that that quote spoke to him and that it's kind of been his life um, since his wife died, right? And he's, he's been single ever since. I mean, he's dated a couple people, but he just really loves his wife. He's the guy from um, Taken. Yeah. 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 Okay. So he he plays these like hardcore, I will find you people. And then he, you know, loves this quote about love. Hmm. And if you've seen Love Actually, I could almost see him using that quote in Love Actually because of who he is. Maybe he does. Maybe that. But that's a sweet, and it's, I mean, to go ahead, it's good to know the backstory because, you know, he had that pure love mm-hmm. and he probably didn't feel the pain of the love until she was gone. Yeah. And to have those two distinct differences, that's cool. I like that. And I actually really love how many levels, like, love is something that I've 
that I've done a huge study on in my life just because I feel like I had to work hard to really love myself. Like that's not just something in regards to our significant other. It's something in regards to being able to love ourselves, and that contributes a ton to the level of self-confidence that I'm able to do and my ability to feel in control because I let myself feel in control. I, I, I can do that because I love myself. Um, it applies, yes, to significant other and partnerships, but it applies to literally every person in this world. Like, like people that. are meant to be loved. That's all, that, that'll fix like probably 90, 95% of the problems in our societies if we just approach things with love and when people hurt love is what fixes it so how have you come to love yourself i mean that just sounds like so like big yeah <laughs> and it's something that i'm trying to work on too i'm realizing that like i i think that i like myself but do i love myself enough to accept that someone else can love me you know like and i think it's mm-hmm. a stumbling stumbling block stumbling block for me so i want to hear your insights and honestly, I think it's a constant process. There are, there are definitely parts that I love more than others, like the the flab underneath my arm, the, the Relief Society or Conductor arms, you know, not necessarily my favorite part. It's hard to love that part of me. Um, it, But that's something that I've recently not only accepted, but kind of started to really love and appreciate uh, because I actually work with a couple of other mentors specifically to love my body because that's something that I've I've struggled with most of my life. I've always been heavy and overweight. Um, so this was, you know, it's one thing to love and be comfortable in your body. It's another thing entirely to be comfortable and love your intelligence, to love your, your choices. Um, it, there's so many facets, and I feel like it's such a long process. Like, I, I've made huge progress, but being able to break it down into bite-sized chunks of, okay, first, I just want to feel comfortable in my body. One of the first things that I did to feel comfortable in my body, (laughs) this is kind of embarrassing, but at the same time, like, this is what it was. I I went skinny dipping. Go Paula! (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. It's because our bodies are part of nature, and it just felt so natural and so right. I was amazed at how shocked... I felt, I mean, I was, I was with a group of people, but it was at night, so no one could really see anything, like, and it was a very, almost sacred experience for me to feel so at one and connected with the world around me, with, with nature, like, you gotta be willing to take risks and do stupid things sometimes in order to recognize, yeah, that's something that I actually really love, versus, yeah, that was a bad choice, but until you try it, how do you know? Um, something else that has helped with my ability to love myself is recognizing how often I lie to myself. If I say I'm going to get up at five in the morning and I'm going to have this super productive day and then hit the snooze button 12 times before I actually get out of bed, I've lied to myself and I can't trust myself. And this is all a subconscious thing. Like This is something I learned from... Uh, Dr. Benjamin Hardy again as a psychologist this is something that he taught and that really shook me like oh my gosh I don't want to lie to myself Um, so when I actually start to follow through and do the things that I say I'm going to do 
that gives me the ability to trust myself and it doesn't matter what other people say because I know that I can do hard things like waking up at 5 a.m. I know that I can do hard things like publishing a book uh, because I say I'm going to do it and I do it. Uh, Follow through was something huge because once I was able to trust myself, trust is a huge component of love. You have to be able to trust yourself if you want to have any kind of relationship in love. That's interesting you said the the snooze button. That's actually one of the goals I'm adding uh, this week is to not push the snooze button and just <laughs> wake up. like, And then also not set up a, a time like six, uh, 6.30, but a random time, like 6.17. Oh. <laughs> you feel like that's going to be powerful for you? I think like <laughs> – well, like because I listened to uh, Mel Brooks uh, – is it Mel Robbins? Robbins, thank you. <laughs> I was like Mel she Brooks. Made, not <laughs> yeah. Mel Brooks, but uh, Mel Robbins, and she's like, try to have an arbitrary number, not like an even number, like a six thirty, just because it kind of throws a wrench in the morning. Like, mm-hmm. I wake up at six seventeen. <laughs> Who does that? Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Okay, okay. I'm like, I love okay. It. So, Jess, you said something. Um, I. This is what I wrote down, but I don't think it's right. <laughs> um, I let myself have control because I love myself, or there's like things you don't have control over, but as you love yourself, then you give yourself control. Does that sound like something you said? Yes. <laughs> Can you go back and re-say that for me? <laughs> um, so if I don't have any kind of self-trust or self-love, I think kind of let things happen and I feel like I deserve whatever happens to me Um, because I I don't really I I allow other people to bully me because I I, in a sense I'm kind of bullying myself as well Mm -hmm. but um, if I have that self love I can take more control and say no I deserve better than that no I don't want that and it's okay to want something or to not want something um you're not there aren't rules as to what we have to want or have to do um i i went through a phase where i was waking up at 5 a.m i was having these really productive days and the past like month or two i'm just like you know what no i don't want to i don't want to wake up at 5 a.m i will wake up at 7 a.m or i will wake up when my body feels rested um but we think we, we associate a lot of goals with things that we're supposed to do. Um, and so then we, we kind of have a, a justification to beat up on ourselves when we don't do it. If we don't have that self-love behind it, uh, key to accomplishing any goal is going to be that, that trust and love that I can do this. I am capable. I am honest with myself. I know I'll follow through and I deserve to have this good thing that I want. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for recapping that. <laughs> Any other questions? So you said that you were homeless at one time. Can we talk about that? <laughs> or am I asking all like the MVs? <laughs> no, I like it. She brought it up. Yeah. It's pretty game when you bring it up. <laughs> and I talk about it a little bit more in, in my book. Um, and, and probably not a ton. I mean... Uh, what had happened, I was going to college in Hawaii at the time, and I had to move out of one place before I could move into another. There was like a week overlap where I didn't have a place to stay. 
Um, it was during a transition, so a lot of my friends had either gone home for the summer or hadn't come back yet. I don't remember. I think they had gone home. I think it was right before summer hit. Um, and it it was a huge learning experience for me. I mean, it was only a week, and thank goodness. And I have a lot of reasons to be grateful, like the fact that I was living in Hawaii and there wasn't terrible freezing cold weather. Uh, but at the same time, fun fact about Hawaii, there are almost no public restrooms. Oh. <laughs> that, was, that was a challenge, trying to figure out, okay, where am I going to go to the bathroom? Trying to figure out where my next meal is going to come from because I can't cook and store food. I either spend a ton of money eating out all three meals per day or I go without. Um, there were times where it was hard to sleep especially as a woman, not knowing who's around, who's going to come take advantage of me or kick me out of, of a place where I wasn't supposed to be sleeping. So I didn't sleep very well. And that can totally mess with your psyche. Um, I understand why mental health is such a prevalent issue with homeless. Um, I'm not sure. It's kind of like a chicken or the egg syndrome. Like, were they mentally ill first and that's what made them homeless? Or are they homeless and then became mentally ill because they're not sleeping well, they're not eating well? And they have all of these things that were, that were, were it's hard to take care of basic needs. When, when you were homeless, did you stay in Haula, uh, Laie or like Haula or did you go? I was through, in Laie. Laie? Okay. Uh huh. Um, and I did eventually find someone where I was able to spend the last like two three nights um, but like the first night I tried to sleep in like the common room of, of one of they called the dorms hallways um, so yeah. I slept in one of the hallway common rooms where I wasn't supposed to be so I didn't sleep super well that night um, the next night I think I slept out at, at the beach but I only stayed like an hour or two there like I was intentionally staying up late and going out and trying to do things with the few people that were sticking around um, just because there's so few places where I, I could sleep until I finally found a couch that I could crash on for the last like two, three days of that. But even just three, four, five days, hugely eye-opening. I lived in Haula. No, uh, I went. Pardon me? When? Oh, um, oh my gosh. Uh, like 2005. Uh, okay. So I was just doing, I was there for a summer term. Oh, um, okay. Just for the one term. Okay. Yeah. So I no. moved there from April and moved out August. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> and I, let's see, I started going to school there. I actually started there as a missionary for my church and I was there from 2007 to 2008 as a missionary. Oh. And then I went back for college 2009 to 2012. Yeah. I slept on a beach like a Waimea beach. And that nice. was not fun. I didn't sleep <laughs> at all. <laughs> right. Sand, sand crabs were crawling around me. No. Oh, gross. There's no way. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, it sounds cool. Like, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, how fun would it be to just, like, sleep on the beach? And you're just like, no, never again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I get that. It was um, it's kind of crazy. It's much different when you were there, probably. Because yeah. I still went – they still offered – food at the Polynesia Culture Center, like leftovers. Mm, nope, they weren't doing that. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I can see why that would be eye-opening, though. Like you said, even though it was a couple days, like how, like, that's hard to not know where you're going to stay or 
how are you going to get through? Even though, like, you had the deadline, I I think mm-hmm. that would be really scary. I don't know if I could just sleep on the streets for a couple days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was terrifying. It was so hard. <laughs> uh, That's crazy. Uh, Where'd you keep your stuff? Um, I didn't have a ton of stuff. Oh, okay. I mean, a lot of the apartments are, are furnished. They have dishes, silverware, and whatnot. Um, yeah. So I think I only really had, like, one bag. Okay. <clears throat> and I think I think one of my friends in the dorms was able to you know just stash my bag there uh, while I moved apartments but like that my old apartment wanted it out my new apartment said no you can't put it here yet so one of my friends just kept hold of it for me oh cool but they kept hold of your bag but wouldn't let you wouldn't stay. let you like sleep <laughs> <laughs> well because uh, it was because of the different rules that they had for the hollies at the time so uh, yeah Got it. I had a friend that couch surfed um, somebody for like, and he was in the same situation. It was really funny because they would always keep an eye out for anybody that they didn't trust Mm -hmm. because they didn't want to get caught. Yeah. Yeah. So then everybody's stressed out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Because part of the honor code is not to let people stay in your apartment? Well, in that situation, because it was a girl and a guy. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That makes more yeah. sense. Yeah. Thanks for answering all my questions. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much, Jess. Anything you want to leave us with? Any other thoughts that we didn't cover? I can't think of anything. I feel like I covered more in this than I normally do when I do a podcast. Like, this has been so much fun for me, too. Excellent. <laughs> well, we've really enjoyed it, and we're so grateful that you took the time to talk to us today and share some of your experiences with us and your lessons. And I know I definitely took a lot, took some notes, and we've all been taking notes. So um, thank you so much for joining us, and we hope you have a great week. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Okay. Talk to you later, Jess. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye. And that is going to wrap up our um, episode 42 of season two of the 52 Weeks podcast. So as you go through your week, remember to dream big, start small, and act daily. Bye. 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 This podcast is brought to you by Remnus Audio. If you also want to be accountable or record your journal or preserve your memories, head on over to remnusaudio.com and Steph here will take the hard work out of preserving your memories. Yeah, I will. You don't have to put them on a podcast like we are to share with everyone every week. (laughs) 